Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. This uh, Monday Night Football kind of doubleheader, kind of side-by-side thing. Really cool concept. I love how ESPN and ABC is doing it. It's just a bummer that these games just aren't good. Uh, Buffalo with the route of Tennessee. It was not close, as you heard right here. And on our sister station, CBS 1500, they've had it in full the entire time. Uh, Philadelphia and uh, Minnesota. Uh, yeah, not close not a blowout but maybe there's a different way to 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 put some spin on that philadelphia minnesota game which is jalen hurts looks really 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 good uh he's gone for what 333 yards three total touchdowns as they're in the fourth quarter and it's not over yet by any stretch uh but jalen hurts looked fantastic in the first half and that's kind of held up again that game on our sister station cbs 1500 Hawaii's information station here, an abbreviated edition of the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. We'll take you to 6 o'clock with the the Brotherhood, Pride, Tradition, and Excellence coming up in just a little while. At the top of the hour, we've already uh, let it out on our Twitter because we usually do it at about 4 o'clock. Our uh, Mountain West Power Rankings, frankly, the Mountain West took a really big hit this weekend uh, for a number of different reasons, and we'll kind of explain all of them as to why that led us to our Mountain West Power Rankings coming up uh, about uh, about 11 minutes or so. Got a Sports Center update, which is on the way, coming up in just a little while. But let's look back at what we've seen so far in the last few hours of Monday Night Football. And, I, I you know, overreaction Monday is a thing. We all know that. I don't want to get too carried away with uh, an overreaction on the Tennessee Titans getting just blitzed by the uh, by the Buffalo Bills today because I do want to give some credit where credit is due. The Buffalo Bills are a really good team, and I feel like that's going to get lost in all of this because the surprise is that the Tennessee Titans looked as discombobulated as it did uh, on special teams, especially where you had um, you know a, a fumble on a on a muffed recovery, and then you had a, a, another one that was mishandled and and almost recovered i mean it was um it was jarring to watch but i think we have to remember here for a little while that the buffalo bills are still um, a legitimate super bowl threat and the tennessee titans as we are kind of reminded here the tennessee titans could be but i think they are still um a, a few missing pieces away and one of those missing pieces, I really believe, is a, a, a real game-changing quarterback that takes the pressure off of Derrick Henry. And you saw in this game Tannehill throw a couple of interceptions and was taken out of the third quarter. He, he wasn't benched. Um, it was, what, 41-7 to at that point, and there's no reason for Ryan Tannehill to play it in a 41-7 to game. And there is no reason, honestly, for uh, Derrick Henry to be in the game when you're down 41-7. to so, you know, I, I, I thought like Vrabel did the right thing, got him out of the game, 
and um, you know decide, hey, let's let's uh, kind of live to fight another day here. But at some point, if Ryan Tannehill, who is a very good and serviceable quarterback that I don't think is a big mistake maker, um, but if at some point it is a struggle for him and he is kind of the weak link, it can't the the offense can't all be on Derrick Henry to get the job done. That is, I think, the real struggle you find. And that's kind of what I see with Tennessee currently. Defensively, man, they could not stop Buffalo at all. Uh, but I see that quarterback spot as a really big concern as uh, as as we look at this team just a, a couple of weeks in. Outside of that, I mean, you don't want to get, I think, too carried away because it is week two. Uh, you know, Tennessee's losses here to a Giants team who has started 2-0, a Buffalo Bills team who has started 2-0. And by the way, I see you, Trey. I was wrong in the Giants starting 2-0. I'll give you that. Um, and, and, pro- and and honestly, the Titans will probably go 0-3 next week, uh, losing to the Las Vegas Raiders. And then after that, um, you get a- an opportunity to bounce back with two matchups against the Colts, the Washington Commanders, and the Houston Texans in there, and a chance to get back to 500 and, and, and then above that. Um, but, but, you know, this is the kind of start that I think makes you kind of think just a little bit about your future. And, uh, I don't, I don't see a great future for the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, after watching this game and after a, a loss to the New York giants last weekend, you know, for, for Buffalo now, it's just about health. Uh, Josh Allen looked great. They got very fortunate. Buffalo's defense was outstanding. And, um, you know, Allen made some very good plays. But uh, health really became a concern in this game. That's something we'll watch over the next couple of weeks. But Buffalo looks really good. Um, That's not a surprise to anybody. Buffalo really was going to look like a team that would compete. And I think I said it before the year. This was kind of the put-up-or-shut-up year for Buffalo and for Josh Allen that you really wanted to know whether they could take that next step and get to Super Bowl 57. That's one of the things you wanted to learn. And a game like this on the big stage, I think, kind of helped you uh, get the impression that, hey, they could. They very well could in that AFC. Uh, Although a team that you might want to pay attention to now in the AFC, quite frankly, is, uh, uh, you know, you tape Miami. And we'll talk about Miami a little bit later on with what Tua Tonga-Vailoa did. Now, um, the game currently going on, which is uh, Philadelphia and Minnesota, 24-7 Eagles with 8-18 to go in the fourth quarter. This is the game that I said coming in that I really believed we would learn who's real and who's not. And uh, Philadelphia is showing me right now that it is potentially legit. I'm struggling to take the word potentially away. I don't want to get there yet, uh, but through two games, I'm I'm more than impressed with Jalen Hurts. Um, he is looking poised. He is looking like someone who is uh, much more capable of making the big play. I'm looking at him doing it you know, today numerous different ways. If he can stay healthy through 17 games, uh, he is in a, a really, really good position. I, I said it last week, I think, um, as he throws an interception. <laughs> right. 
It, hey, the show jinx is alive and well. A Jalen Hurts interception, um, which is also a, a, a running thing between Tanner and myself because uh, it is the only thing that is keeping me alive in, uh, in, in our fantasy matchup. It is uh, Tanner versus myself this week, and I'm going to lose uh, unless Jalen Hurts and Justin Jefferson can, can screw this thing up over uh, over the next couple of minutes and a Hertz interception just gets me a little bit closer. I'm only in this because Buffalo gave me a 22-point day defensively and I will uh, I will take that every day. See, now I'm within two, 2.5 points thanks to that interception. Thank you, Jalen. Um, but outside of that, that was off of a tip. I'll give him a pass. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, is, is a Pro Bowl quarterback and I don't mean Pro Bowl replacement quarterback. I've seen him make a, a, a number of difference-making plays. I think he has the potential to do that in a wide-open NFC East. Right now, you're looking at the Giants and the Eagles and maybe the Cowboys uh, as as the teams that are really kind of going after the NFC East, and I think Philadelphia's got a real shot. Uh, but 722 to go in the fourth, that game again on our sister station, CBS 1500. And if you want to watch Monday Night Football every week, in fact, Giants-Cowboys next week, Monday Night Football. You can check out the games at the Dixie Grill in IAEA with their Southern-inspired food to get you through the game. The drinks are flowing and uh, so much more. In fact, the uh, uh, the popcorn for free while you watch the game. That's at the Dixie Grill in IAEA. Check them out, Monday Night Football next week. Sports Center update with the latest on this game. Hawaii's win coming up in our Mountain West Power Rankings. That's on the way next on ESPN Honolulu. How do we fit a fun weekend into one final hour of a radio program? We welcome you in. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Coming up in a moment, uh, our Mountain West Power Rankings. We revealed them on Twitter a little while ago. Uh, Tanner Hayworth has had an hour to basically pick it apart. I can't wait for that because I don't know how you really pick apart what is maybe the weakest Mountain West we have seen in quite some time. Um, and that is with the Hawaii win. That coming up uh, within this segment, uh, your texts, our Zephyr Insurance text line is open at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. And by the way, all of our guests, when they appear, they do so, courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Before we get to the uh, Mountain West Power Rankings, we do have to look back at Hawaii's win uh, against Duquesne. And it's not a bad thing. I, I was listening to the fans' voice. I was in the booth as Gary Dickman was taking the phone calls, and I heard some backlash over people saying, well, that, it's, that's not okay to call it an ugly win. Um, when a team is learning how to win, you take wins how you can get them. And yes, that means if you win it ugly, I mean, you have to call it like you see it. It wasn't... It, it wasn't a great-looking win, but you have to start somewhere. And I think that's kind of the message that you take away from winning Saturday is, look, the um, the job's not done. In fact, now that you know what it's like to 
have a win under your belt, not just as a coaching staff, but also as a team playing together, the next step is, all right, now you need to learn to win better. Now that means you need to clean up some of the things that even though you won, you didn't feel like you did well. And these are things that you absolutely can do. Um, it does take a little bit of time. It does involve a little bit of patience. But these are all things that are possible in the bigger scheme. The offense needs a lot of work. Um, there is There is no sidestepping around that. The offense is not what I think it, it, we're, we're past the point of, well, the offense is not what we thought it would be. You know, we're, we're, we're done with that now. OK, um, we know that that's how it's going to be for a while. The question remains, and you have one more non-conference game to kind of figure it out before you get in conference. The question still very much remains, uh, who can be trusted to lead this offense? And. Do you have any confidence in moving the football in big play fashion down the field? All right. Um, I don't know through four games so far that you can delineate any confidence right now in either Joey Yellen or Braden Shager. And I don't know where this where this coaching staff is going to go this Saturday. Uh, but really, this has you have to feel confident in somebody, I think, going into conference play. If you want into the games that matter, this is your last real audition, and you would like to be able to feel like you've got um, you you've got someone that is uh, you know that that everybody can rally around. Because right now, you don't know who you can rally around. You, you're rallying around somebody. As a team, you have to rally around somebody. But um, do you know truly who you trust at this point? What I will say after watching yesterday, while Hawaii's offense really did not have what you hoped you would see, uh, what you did see was a continued improved effort from the defense. And we'll get to the phones in a second at 808-296-1420. You needed to see Hawaii's defense uh, come to life against an FCS offense. And, yeah, there were some long drives that Duquesne put together to start the game Um you know, late in the first half, and I remember having this conversation with Hunter Hughes on our halftime report, Hawaii's defense didn't give up a touchdown despite some of those long drives, despite the time that they had to stay on the field. And that was a really gritty performance and gritty effort by that defense. If not for that defensive effort, I don't know if Hawaii wins this game. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Hawaii's defense saved the day. And um, you know, Jacob Yoro and his staff should feel very good about how they really kind of held up their end, having to be on the field for as long as they did and come up with some big plays. The Pavihi interception, Houseman was was huge um, you know, late in the game as Duquesne was driving and continuing to put pressure there toward the end, even when the game seemed to be out of reach. The special teams blunder there on the onside kick. 
Um, but that defensive effort was the best effort of the season for that group. It was absolutely necessary at this point in time. Going to what is now, quite frankly, um, a pick'em game, really, this Saturday. Uh, I think last I saw New Mexico State's a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Hawaii, which is essentially a pick'em when the home team is only favored by that much. And, And Hawaii has had New Mexico State's number recently. Don't know that I can say that so confidently this year, given the way this team has started offensively. So um, it's a win. You have to take it. Ugly, great, however it is. It it doesn't matter. You'll take it how you can to build on those wins and make better wins out of those. You have to um, because you can't survive on ugly wins. Uh, at, At some point, you will have to show improvement off of them. Let's say hi to John here at 808-296-1420. John, how are you this afternoon? Oh, great. Yeah, I agree with you on, 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 you know, the win is a win, especially the state of the, the state of the affairs here. We got to take them as they come, right? And, um, you know, just coming into the season, I had them at, predicted they'd be one in three at this point. They're one in three. So as far as um, record-wise, I'm, I'm not surprised. A um, couple of things, I think Yoro, I was I was a little bit of uh, hesitant on Yoro. I, you know, I know I know from people that I know that he's a great communicator and he really knows his things. But, you know, first-time coordinator so far, I, I'm impressed with him. I, I'm happy with the job that he's doing. On the offensive side of the ball, I thought we'd be better. I didn't think we'd be great, but I thought we'd be better. And it's kind of discouraging to see that um, we can't come up with a system four weeks in, uh, that we can be successful at. Not saying that you've got to be good enough to win the game, but it looks, it looks horrible. It's hard to believe that we have an offensive coordinator that is that experienced and a head coach who's on the offensive side, and we cannot have anything that resembles a, a, an offense that is D1, really. Um, we, we're going to have our... Our work cut out for us this weekend, and it's kind of it's kind of sad. We're playing New Mexico State, but at the same time, I think it's a must-win game. This game might be the only D1 win we have, not FCS. In Nevada, we have chance, but everything else, we're going to have to upset people to 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 get wins. So I I hope they can get the game plan down, give our quarterback, give our offensive system something that. They can do well at, and it's, at this point, we'll take any win, but this week, I think it's a must win. You have a good one. Aloha. Hey, thank you for calling in, John. I appreciate you listening. Yeah, you'll you'll take whatever you can at this point, and if there's anything you can feel solace in, it's that the rest of the Mountain West has not shown to be great so far, and we'll we'll go through that coming up in a little bit uh, in our, our Mountain West power rankings, but um, it's going to be tough, but, you know, the thing is, I think some of us kind of wanted to feel better going in, maybe not truly grasping how tough it was actually going to be. Uh, you know, and, and you know what what John said about what Hawaii has coaching wise on the offensive side of the ball. You know, let's let's also remember you're having to piece together an offense with the team's starting quarterback who left. With a lot of talent that left, Day Day Hunters at Liberty, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of departures 
you're going in with your own kind of system and you're realizing, okay, well, can we run our system with what we currently have? Again, we've talked about this before, like in Rolo's first year, in I think Todd Graham's first year, in Norm Chow's first year. What Hawaii's offense was was not necessarily what was advertised. You know, you you hope it ultimately gets there, but it wasn't necessarily what it was. It's not to say that it's not fair to call it disappointing because it is. Um, you know, you, you you do not expect that you're one of only a small handful of teams that does not have a passing touchdown uh, in the FBS this year. Uh, but I think you do need a little context to go around that without just saying, oh, this is disappointing. Tony, thank you for calling in. How are you? Uh, good, good afternoon, Josh. Uh, now, now I get my two cents. Yes. Okay. This, uh, this offense, this offense, let's talk about this offense. You know, if um, Mr. Schumacher was coaching probably at any Power 5 or a lot of the D1 teams, uh, Mr. Schumacher would probably be released already. because uh, After four games? After four games. Look what he did at Nebraska. Scott Frost was there for longer than four games. Hey, hey, four games into the season, the coach went, and the defensive coordinator was released the other day. That's that's apples and oranges. You can't compare the two. Anyway, we're not going to release any coaches. But our offense, we have no system. Okay, we have no system. Like... Like the experts have been saying on the radio for the last couple of days, where, what happened to our vertical passing game? Everything is flat. There's nothing vertical. Why? Why? Because that makes it easy on the defense. Why are we doing this? You know, I heard today that, that Rich Miano made a statement that Timmy Chang has been on the phone to June Jones. And I wonder, I really wonder, what, what is June telling Timmy about our offense? We can't get a passing touchdown in four games. Well, what does he do? Uh, you know, our past coaches, what they did is the head coach had to take over play calling or had more to say about the offense. Timmy is, I guess, been reluctant to do that. But don't you think it's time that Timmy takes a more active role in what goes on in that offensive Side. I'll I put it. I'll, I'll put it this way, and, and Tony, thank you for calling in. I, I appreciate you listening. I would hate to assume what kind of role that that Timmy's uh, coach Timmy Chang is taking um, behind the scenes, as we're not behind the scenes, because for all we know, um, he could be taking more of a role, and we just don't know it. Um, we're not seeing it from our vantage point. Um, you know, he said last week on call the coach that he wanted to give. Um, Coach Schumacher, uh, Coach Shoemaker, Schumacher. See, he, Tony messed me up. Coach Shoemaker, the opportunity, and um, you know that's that's his prerogative to do so. That doesn't necessarily mean that he hasn't been involved more. It's hard for us to say because we don't know that for a fact. And I'm not going to sit here uh, and assume. At some point, I would tend to agree that the time could come for that. I don't know that. Um, you know, with one more non-conference game left, I don't know that we're at that point. Again, four games in and people hitting the panic button, uh, you know, seems to be a little bit much. Uh, but at the same point, I get the frustration that a lot of people have. All right, uh, Mountain West Power Rankings. We'll do that on the other side. First, want to remind you, uh, check out our ESPN Honolulu social media platforms. 
uh, every Friday and Saturday night after the high school games wrap up because we've got the uh, high school football scoreboard, courtesy of our friends at Scoring Live and ESPN Honolulu. It's brought to you by BMW of Honolulu, Ron D Solar Services, and uh, uh, Kid City. Checked it out Friday and Saturday night. It's got a lot of big games coming up this weekend. Uh, what is on the top and on the bottom of our Mountain West Power Rankings, and where does Hawaii sit? That's coming up in just a few, and Hawaii football on the road at New Mexico State. Join Arno Martinez and me for countdown to kickoff uh, at noon, Big City Diner, Windward Mall, to check out the game. It's not on television. Uh, it's streaming. We'll have it, so you can check out the game, enjoy it. Uh, we'll have the $7 uh, Mega Modelos on special. Great food, prize giveaways, and so much more. That's at Big City Diner, Windward Mall. Thank you to Paradise Beverages, Coca-Cola, Diotani Produce, uh, Modelo Especial, and, of course, uh, the Rainbow Warrior Network will be there live. Traffic right now. This is ESPN Honolulu. All right, our Mountain West Power Rankings. Where do we start? Because we've got a traffic update. We've got Sports Center. We've got plenty to do. Where do we start? Do we start at the bottom or do we start at the top? Uh, let's start at the bottom because that's where Hawaii is. And then on the other side of, uh, of the break, we'll go to the top. Uh, bottom, Colorado State. They're over. They look worse than they did at the beginning of the year. Colorado State's my number 12 team in the Mountain West Power Rankings. I've got Hawaii staying at 11, even with the win. And uh, New Mexico State, I have, uh, I, I have, uh, New Mexico State, I have New Mexico, I'm already thinking about this weekend. New Mexico is uh, my number 10 team. They move up a couple of spots. They have a winning record. Uh, they got guys named uh, as uh, weekly player award winners. So I got to give New Mexico credit for that. So, Bottom three, 12 Colorado State, Hawaii 11, New Mexico 10. We'll do the top three coming up in just a moment. Uh, real quick look at our M. Dyer Global Scoreboard game final. Uh, it is Philadelphia over Minnesota, 24-7, the back half of the Monday Night Football twin bill. Uh, that just wrapping up. Our M. Dyer Global Scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. And, of course, next week with Giants and Cowboys, you can watch Monday Night Football at the Dixie Grill in IAS, Southern-inspired poo-poo. Great place to watch the game with friends. Uh, you can uh, chew on some pop uh, popcorn, drink some good drinks, have a great time. That's Monday Night Football at the Dixie Grill in IAS. Traffic right here, Sports Center coming up, and the top three in the Mountain West Power Rankings next. Off to the text line in a little while. We've got to finish up our uh, Mountain West Power Rankings that we do uh, every Monday. Monday, Mountain West Power Rankings. Tuesday, our Tuesday turnaround with Coach Arnold Martinez. And uh, look back at the college football weekend with Gino Toretta. Uh, that's tomorrow. We've got a full show tomorrow, full show Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday, uh, we're with you for a short period of time because, you know, um, Aaron Judge is going for history, trying to break uh, – uh, the record for most home runs in the American League. And they're playing the Boston Red Sox and trying to hold on in the American League East. And so uh, we'll have Yankees-Red Sox uh, coming up uh, Thursday and Friday. So uh, we'll be uh, we'll be giving you shorter shows at that point in time. But anyway, uh, 
back to the Mountain West Power Rankings. So we gave you the bottom three. We've got Colorado State at 12. Uh, just watch them. <laughs> uh, I believe Hawaii can beat Colorado State. And when in doubt, that's my guide. My, my eye test, my moral compass is, do you think Hawaii can beat Colorado State? The answer is yes. That's why I have Hawaii ahead of Colorado State. I have Hawaii at 11. And then I have uh, New Mexico moving up. Yeah, right now, New Mexico, they aren't playing badly. Has New Mexico played anybody? Oh, Boise. They lost to Boise. But other than that, New Mexico hasn't done a lot. I mean, they're doing what they need to do right now. Uh, Rico Hanna, their senior linebacker, was named Defensive Player of the Week after their win over UTEP. And A.J. Halsey, the uh, true freshman safety, was named Freshman of the Week. So you get some of those accolades. Then uh, you deserve to move up from 12 to 10. New Mexico is no longer the honorary number 12. We've kind of taken that away. Uh, So good for them. Top three is a little messy, to be honest, because the Mountain West is just... Some of it is unfortunate. Uh, Jake Hayner gets carted off the field in Fresno State's game at USC. Uh, The good news is, according to Jeff Tedford, uh, his ankle's not broken. So it doesn't seem like it's a season-ending injury. How long will he be out, though? Uh, That's the question. So that comes into mind. Um, You take into account UNLV is playing a lot better. And this is where we've got a little bit of a disagreement uh, between our different studios here. So I'll just give you my top three. Air Force lost on Friday. It was a close game. I still have Air Force at number one because I'm looking bigger picture. Uh, Air Force did struggle to run the football. Uh, Not too bad through the air, uh, you know, when they needed to. That was a big win for Wyoming. And I had Wyoming move a spot up in, in the rankings. But not enough for me to take Air Force out of number one. I had Fresno State at two. They dropped. San Diego State moves up from three to two. They didn't really do anything to deserve it uh, because San Diego State lost to Utah, a nationally ranked team. So it's kind of it's it's really hard to move up after a loss. But with the Hainer injury, I cannot, in my right mind, keep Fresno State at two. So um, you know, San Diego State is uh, my two. I have Boise State up to three. And it was kind of a weak first half against UT Martin. A lot better second half. Hank Bachmeyer has held on to that job so far. And so, again, with the Hainer injury, if I were to give you a Hainerless Fresno against Boise, I like Boise. And so Boise State moves up a spot to me at number three. So my top three in my Mountain West Power Rankings, Air Force One, San Diego State Two, Boise State Three. My bottom three, Colorado State at 12, Hawaii 11, uh, New Mexico at 10. And just for giggles, that middle, Fresno State Four, San Jose State Five, UNLV Six, Wyoming Seven, Nevada Eight, and Utah State Nine. Tanner Hayworth in the other room is cold. Uh, because he's got you know hoodie on, uh, like like it's like 55 degrees in there. It's not. Um, but hey, they each feel the AC different ways. You have a disagreement with me on my Mountain West Power Rankings, so I and you've already put it up on Twitter. But for those that aren't big on the social media space, what's the disagreement you got with me uh, in my weekly 
always up for debate, Mountain West Power Rankings. The more I think about it, though, I don't think it's more of a disagreement as, as, as much of as it is a thought experiment. A thought experiment? What is this? Is, a podcast? Yeah, I feel like. Eventually, it becomes a podcast <laughs> it does after, a little bit later on. after that is true. the uh, live recording. But uh, This will is, be a much shorter one yeah, when, when but, people check it out later. Has there been another team in the Mountain West, other than UNLV, that hasn't disappointed? Like, I feel like UNLV is the only team, and I will also say probably the only fan base that probably feels the only optimism there is in the Mountain West Conference, despite their loss to Cal. The only team that hasn't disappointed. I don't think they're the only team that hasn't disappointed. Um, I think New Mexico isn't disappointed starting two and one because the expectations are so low. So I feel like they've hit expectations, maybe gone above them just a little. That's why I have New Mexico at 10. Uh, but your point is very valid. I don't think I would have talked about UNLV as a rising. I mean, I well, let me take that back. I would have considered them a growing team in conference. I don't think I would have considered them growing this much as they have. Brumfield at quarterback has done a very nice job. Um, the caliber of their wins and the caliber of its loss, the loss against Cal, and look how Cal has started outside of the loss to uh, Notre Dame, which was very close. But the close loss to Cal plays as a very good loss to me, uh, a road loss, and it still shows the growth because a couple of years ago, UNLV would have been routed by Cal. Um, Cal is not great. UNLV has not been great in a long time. And UNLV is not great now. That's why I have them only moving up a spot. I have them at six in the upper half of the Mountain West. But you, but you make a great point, and I think it emphasizes where the Mountain West currently sits. This is not your – this is – I, I was going to make, you know, this is not your grandmother's Mountain West. No, your grandmother doesn't recognize this conference. This is not your mother's Mountain West. Um, this is as weak of a conference as I have seen since, um, you know, the BCS era. And uh, that's not a good sign because you're looking at playing for a, a New Year's Six slot. And I don't consider any of these teams have a slot, uh, have a shot at a New Year's Six. Not even close right now. I mean, especially right now as the Sun Belt is dominating. Yes. And Matt and the Mac Maction is alive. Yes. They just got Herm Edwards fired. <laughs> this is true. So Herm right, Edwards lasted longer than I thought he would, to be honest. So right now, of all of the group of fives, it's really hard to not look at the Mountain West as kind of right now as this year, as kind of the other team. As may, as the other conferences, maybe them or the CUSA, but other than those two, I just don't, I just there's not really much to be excited about about the Mountain West if you're not a team that's in that conference. There's nothing to be excited about in the Mountain West unless you're UNLV. Uh, that's about it. And by the way, that Appalachian State finish against Troy, wow. Uh, but secondly, note to young broadcasters: listen to the radio call of that and then throw it away. Um, a play-by-play -play guy. I still like to know what's happening. Not yelling into your microphone like the world's going to end and it coming out as... That's kind of what it sounded like. Uh, guy in the studio. They're over-modding. Turn down their volume. Analyst guy. Stop talking over your play-by-play -play guy. I already can't understand him. 
Now I understand him less because you're talking over him at full pitch volume. That is one way to ruin what should be a really, really good call, a historical call with game day there at App State with nothing but just incessant yelling for 43 seconds. Your problem with that tenor. I feel like that's the only real reaction you can have to a Hail Mary, though. Incessant yelling for 43 seconds. Well, at least let me understand what you're saying. Uh, you don't need to. Yeah, ah. The radio audience it's cannot see. The radio audience cannot see what happened based on the audio of the broadcast going, ah! The listener does not know. At that point, the listener's like, what? Like, this is exciting. This is really cool. But what? I hear that the ball was tipped and caught. And then, did he get in the end zone? Did he not get in the end zone? I'm going to assume that maybe he did. But the listener shouldn't have to assume. The listener should kind of already know based on the play-by-play person telling you such. Um it was. You sound and, like the student. And, no, you sound look, like the student that would remind the teacher about the homework in this case. Good, good. Listen, this is coming from someone that faced his own critique in in that area and had to learn to kind of like dial it back just a little bit, just enough to have the energy yet to be able to still paint the picture to the audience of what is going on and something that is really cool and, and, and really exciting. Seriously, all that is is like overmodulated noise. Like, I, I'm sorry, like great moment, all that cool stuff, but honestly, if I didn't see the video to go along with it, I wouldn't have known a darn thing that happened. Sorry to rain on the parade of App State. You had game day. Oh, and you had fireworks, which is really cool. That I mean, that, that's a pretty cool touch at the end of the game. Our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. See, texter from the 223 gets it. The listener can only imagine what is being said on the radio. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> well, the student, the student broadcast had Holy Mother Meatballs. <laughs> What are we teaching? What are we teaching with Holy Mother Meatballs? It, it could be worse. It could be Rich Miano having to force me to use the dump button today on radio. <laughs> that, had, that had to catch me on my toes. Uh, let's check our M. Dyer Global scoreboard. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, both Monday Night Football games are final. Uh, it includes the Buffalo Bills with a resounding win over Tennessee. 41-7, Philadelphia 24-7 over Minnesota. So week two is complete in the National Football League. Major League Baseball games in progress. Giants trailing the Rockies 7-5, top of the ninth inning. Uh, tying run is at the plate for San Francisco in Colorado. Everything else has gone uh, final today, which includes the Atlanta Braves winning 5-2 over Washington. And uh, one other game. Uh, Dodgers 5-1 lead on Arizona, bottom five. Let's get Keith in here at 808-296-1420. Hi, Keith. Hello? Yes, Keith, you're on the radio. Oh, okay. All right, thanks. Uh, I just wanted to chime in and uh, kind of give my feedback on a guy who wanted to fire Shoemaker after four games. Yeah. Um, I, I, You know, I think that a lot of fans forget that 
everything was, I mean, not everything, but the thing that Timmy Chang worked on first was the culture of the team because that, that was really, really important. You know how everything was broken down and everybody was leaving. I mean, not everybody, but the key players were leaving the team. And he did that, and he brought in a staff that and 53 players. I don't know what these fans are expecting. You know, um, I'm happy that the attitude of the players, the community, all the supporters is there, and that's fixed. Um, I don't know if completely, but he did a great job doing that. And moving forward, I mean, people are complaining about the offense, but, I mean, if we don't have a passing game, personally, I think, um, you know, um, Yellen doesn't really give you um, that that opportunity to pass and uh, score a touchdown. It's just something about how he moves in the pocket and reads the defenses, you know, um, and that's my take on it. The running game is going good, but we just got to be, like everybody's saying, just be patient and um, let things grow. You know, it's hard for people. It it really is. And Keith, I appreciate you listening. Thank you for calling in. Hope your Monday's going well. It's hard for people. Patience is very difficult given how um, tumultuous the month of January was. And um, some people still haven't gotten over that. I think some people are are, are looking for something to make them forget. And um, I get it. It's hard to preach patience for a fan base that's just that was frustrated over what happened. I, I, I hear you. I get it. Um, but that's kind of all you can do in a turnaround of over 50 players and, and that, and, you know, trying to kind of, you know, make lemonade with the lemons that you have. That's uh, not all that simple. We'll check on traffic here in just a second. Speaking of Hawaii football, uh, don't forget to join Arnold Martinez and me, the countdown to kickoff team. We will see you at big city diner, windward mall, for uh, Hawaii football against New Mexico State. And I see here uh, ESPN has uh, New Mexico State as a five-point favorite in that game. Thank you to our texter from the 497 for bringing that up. But we'll be there. Uh, check out the game. We've got uh, the Mega Modelos on special for 7 bucks. The food is great. I'm a Calbee guy, or as uh, I should be saying, Calbee, because Chris gets on me for saying Calbee. I don't know why. It's just it's it's muscle memory. Muscle memory of the mouth. Um for me, the muscle memory of the mouth is eating the Colby, but that's a different story. Uh, we've got prize giveaways, your chance to win the trip to Vegas at the end of the year. All of that you can check out. Big City Diner, Windward Mall. Be with us on Saturday. We'll be on the air at noon. Traffic and a wrap-up before the Brotherhood. That's coming up next. This is ESPN Honolulu. Close out the show with some texts. A lot of you on uh, on Hawaii football after this weekend. Tomorrow we'll do our, our Tuesday turnaround with Coach Arnold Martinez. Uh, Gino Toretta is going to join us tomorrow as well as we look back at the college football weekend. Uh, but, yeah, let's get to the text messages. I'm going to ignore the texts from a certain uh, individual who works here trying to get me to acknowledge that the Houston Astros won today. You got it. Congratulations. Uh, uh, This is Leroy. I think if the offense is not good next game, Timmy will take over. Problem is a new offense has to be installed. I mean, 
we kind of, you know, right now it's not a point of installing a new offense. Right now it's about having an offense that you feel you can trot out with the players that you have that you can be successful with. And frankly, you know, we've talked about the running game that we know, but if you can't get the ball down the field, the you know the passing game's not helping you. It it you can't install. And let me just make this very clear for people: you can't install an a new offense with someone taking over the reins with the same people that right now can't get you to run the current offense. Right now, your first job is to figure out with what you have, what you are running, and how confident you are in running it. How can you make your quarterback successful? See, I think we need to look at this in phases. Because, yeah, the running game is working. Before you can think about having a quarterback that's going to have a 300-yard passing game or is going to throw three touchdowns in the game, first you have to figure out what can we do to make these quarterbacks successful in the system that, that we have. Figure that out then you could start to develop and advance the offense that you currently have. And then as your staff develops, then you can kind of get into that picture of, all right, well, um, now we can kind of install what we wanted to install to begin with, with the people that we, you know, we have that we recruit to run it. Uh, That's it for us. Don't forget Monday night football every Monday at the Dixie Grill in IA. That includes... Cowboys Giants next week. That's an important one. Giants are 2 and 0. Cowboys are coming off of a Cooper Rush comeback. Good for that young man. Uh check it out with great southern style or uh, southern inspired food. The drinks are good. It's a, a good atmosphere around and you can check out the games with your friends at the Dixie Grill in IA. All right. Uh the Brotherhood, Pride, Tradition and Excellence. That's coming up next. I'll see you tomorrow at 3 for a full edition of the show. You've been listening to the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.